Remix. What's wrong with you? What what's what, what's wrong with you? Stop it. <laughs> get, get, get some help. <laughs> what's 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 wrong with you? Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. So good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. June 21st, 2020. It's about 1.20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Red 5 standing by. Red 5, I'm still alive. Uh, it's so good to have you. Thanks for being here. Heinehouse.com is the website, social media, all over the place. Y'all know where to go. At Heine House, wherever you are right now. If you're if maybe you're on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where you at? You're on Twitch, where you at? You're on YouTube. Just type it on in. Just type in Heine House. H-E-I-N-E. You know how to spell it, don't you? It's been so, we've been here for so many years. Figured you would know. I mean, you never know. No, I appreciate that. Check me out. Say hello. Swing into the Discord server as well. It's in the show notes and also on the website. Check it out. Um, folks, I want to give a shout out to all the patrons that you see right here on your screen. Yeah. Patreon in the living's easy. Um, I want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Mr. Cliff Boyd for joining the ground floor. Thank you, Cliff. I appreciate you. Thank you for your support. How about a little la 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 la? Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, the show is completely funded and supported by everyone you see right here on your screen. It is true. It is true. And I appreciate that greatly. Thank you all so much. Everyone ground floor, main floor, and the game lofters up there hanging out. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Uh, we're going to, I have a jam-packed show, to be honest. I have a jam-packed show. Another great one here. Lots of stuff to talk about. We got a lot of, actually, we have a lot of Pokemon news. Uh, some more of the PS5 stuff. Maybe the price leaked. We'll talk about it. Uh, what else is on my list of of stuff here? Uh, PAX. It's canceled. Uh, what else we got here? Cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, a lot of Pokemans. We have some tech stuff. Nintendo's talking about security breaches again got some stuff in there then also we have like voicemail like out of control voicemail which is fantastic thank you so much everyone i think we have like five voicemails uh the voicemail maniac came through with i think two the homie digital rhino my good friend ryan i think he threw down two himself it's it's the the duble the michael duble of uh of uh voicemails which is great. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. You can call that right now and leave a voicemail for me. And I'll play it on the show. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, gaming, tech, or, or beyond. Uh, also, you can send an email over if you don't want to call. Just record yourself on your uh, computer, smartphone, whatever. Email it over. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. Let's jump in. Got some stuff. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Father's Day, by the way. So yeah, happy, happy Father's Dad Day. Happy Dad Day. Uh, PAX West in Seattle. A great, great event. We have many, many memories of PAX West. We go all the way back. I go back to 2011. 
was the very first PAX that I attended. And, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Great memories. Great memories. But uh, PAX is actually, in fact, not doing a in-person event there. Now, we've talked about this in the past. We've met, we brought this up. Basically, all conventions right now are kind of going through this very similar fate. They're going to the online only right now due to the, uh, the health pandemic that's happening. So, yeah. So, they did announce this this week that uh, the PAX West in Seattle... Uh, typically, it happens over Labor Day weekend, but instead is going to shift into a nine-day online conference that takes place in the middle of September, the conference organizers announced earlier this week. Nine days? Nine-day event. Wow. Yeah. Pretty nice, right? <laughs> That's kind of exciting. Yeah, they're talking about that they're going to have, um, like, you're going to watch stuff, and then they're going to, like, allow you to download, like, demos of the game. <laughs> At really? that time, yeah. So they're going to have like a nine-day event of just all kinds of really cool stuff, which, hey, this is the new this is the new us. I was going to say, do you think going forward, this is how it's always going to, like years from now, we're just going to have digital events like this? I do. I do. I also feel that these these organizers are going to look at this and see how much money they save, Yeah. number one. You know how much money they're going to save by doing this? Now, they do, well, I don't know. I guess money that they save as in like rental space and all this sort of thing, not in like actual revenue with like ticket sales, yeah. which is where they get. So it's kind of a flip-flop. But yeah, I think that they will. I think we will. And if not, then we may see a return down the road in a few years or whatever with like smaller scale. I don't know. We've talked about this before where I feel that once they do bring it back, they open it back up. The attendance is going to be so low that I almost feel that they're going to be like, well. I don't know. I feel like it'd be the opposite. That eventually people are going to be like, yeah, let's all like go hang out and enjoy games together. I don't know. No, I Yeah. I mean, I think that's valid for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder, do they make like money off the sales of tickets or does that all go completely towards the, the venue that they're it's, renting? It's, it's split for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they price, you know, they price it in so that they make they have to make a profit on ticket sales. Yeah, cuz I was going to say unless they have like do like a digital ticket route, they don't really make money unless it's just through all through sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lord knows we ain't making any money on those concessions. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, been there done that. Yeah, very interesting. So yeah, PAX, uh yeah, it's shifting, 9-day event, which is really cool. So that's happening uh September 12th through the 20th. Um, they said it's going to be hosted on three different channels, nonstop each day, including panels, concerts, uh, game concepts, esports events, and more. Uh, PAX Online plans to offer downloadable demos, experience trying out new games as you see them live. Uh, and if you want PAX merch, you'll be able to buy it online as well. Hey, we might actually be able to get a shirt this time. My goodness. Um, let's talk about the PS5. A lot of stuff happening this week with that. It's basically a lot of leaks and lots of rumors. And you, I always say that I always say this at the beginning when I talk about this, I hate, I hate talking about rumors and shit like that, but there have been some things that, that weren't rumored that have happened and it's probably incorrect data, but it did happen. So we need to talk about it. So, so 
the PS5 price of the price of the PS5 briefly leaked or what we say is leaked. It basically was like a placeholder on a French on the French Amazon website. So just a week after it was announced uh, on the Sony's future of gaming event, um, it emerged on a uh, who is it? Ben Geskin recently stumbled. This was last week. Stumbled upon a price leak on Amazon's French website, and it said four ninety nine euro for the digital edition, um, which lacks the disc drive, of course, and then three ninety nine euro. Um, for the other version, which would mean... Oh, no, flip-flop. Sorry, I'm backwards. 499 euro for the disc version and 399 for the digital only. So that would mean about 500... That would be like 500 bucks west here and 400 bucks. Is that true? We have no idea because the page got pulled shortly after. It was like either in error or something was wrong there. <laughs> yeah, duh. Sony hasn't announced anything yet. But uh, yeah, but even before that, a day or it was like maybe two days before that even happened. Uh, we were, I saw on social media, it was everywhere. I went and looked at it. Play Asia, the website Play Asia actually had the, the PS5 console for pre order on their site, and the price for it was 700 US dollars. Hold on, I've, I've got something for that. Stop it, get some help. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading, to be honest with you. I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. So, yeah, yeah, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of baloney. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Is it going to be? I mean, the PS3 was six hundred. Sony has gone on record and stated over and over that that was kind of a mistake. Yeah, you'd say. I'd say so. Shit. I went in. Uh, yeah, I went in. Uh, <laughs> sounds bad. I went in a three way uh, to get the PS3. Me and my brother and his girlfriend at the time. We all split it two hundred bucks. Oh, Steph almost turned her mic on for that. She almost had something to say. And uh, yeah, I mean, geez, man, 600 bucks, man. That was that was the spendy piece of hardware. No doubt. No doubt about it. So speaking about the PS5, um, is it really going to be the biggest console ever released? Is this really going to be the biggest freaking console? So people have actually gone in and and put a picture together of a comparison I've got the picture right here for you. Here's the comparison. From the PS3 Slim all the way up to a 360 here, all over the place. So we've got the PS3 Slim, the fat PS3, the PS4, PS4 Pro. There's the PS5, the Series X, the X1 Slim, the X1, the 360, and the 360 Slim. So you can kind of get a comparison. And they're basing this off of the size of the USB port and the disk drive. So if... And you see they're labeled here in red. So that if, in fact, the scaling is proper and correct, then this console is going to freaking dwarf every other console to come before it. I mean, like, look at this. That's massive. That's massive. So we could be getting a very large, large barge. Uh... PS5 here. Very fascinating, wouldn't you say? And people are still going about, people are still talking about, so what are you going to get this year? Are you going to get the uh, the wireless router? <laughs> this is, what's the meme? You really are going to make us pick between a wireless router and a mini fridge? 
<laughs> oh, come on. And can I just say, isn't that 360 like a really nice looking console? I love that 360 Slim. I love the how the, the profile. It comes in and then right pretty much in the middle, like it kind of it bends in a little bit. It kind of man, it's it's really nice looking. It's very curvy. That's why you like. <laughs> I mean, I do like curves. Yeah, exactly. I love. I, I like my console to have little curves. It's very, very nice. I do like it. But that fat PS3, though. Damn, just looking at them again. It's been a while. Actually, that PS3 fat is wider than the PS5, but not as wide as the Series X. I mean, folks, it's basically just, a, it's basically, they're just, you know, these are like little, they're just little, I've been saying this a long time. These consoles are like little, they're just computers. They're all, they're all computers. That's what they are. Very cool. Anyway, I'm just like looking, I'm like, I'm like mesmerized by it. I'm just like staring at it. It's really cool to see a comparison. R really nice. Um, so this week also, or I guess this last, no, no, it was this week, beginning of this week, uh, EA, uh, what's it called? State of Play. I think they called it the EA EA play event happened. And it was um, talking about the future of some of the games from electronic arts. I'm not going to talk about the whole thing. You guys have already watched it, but if you didn't, some of the biggest announcements, the couple things that stood out to me here, um, really the biggest thing was star Wars squadrons. And I think it looks fantastic in the nineties. I grew up playing the first, uh, no, I can't say that it was not on PC. Was it? No, it was not. The first Star Wars games I ever played were on NES. Okay, well, the early PC gaming days, the first PC stuff I was playing, uh, Star Wars related, was uh, Rebel Assault, Dark Forces, and then we migrated into in the mid '90s into X Wing, uh, X Wing versus Starfighter, or X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Um, great, great games, and then played lots of Wing Commander and stuff like that. But the early Star Wars games on PC were fantastic. It was one of the first times I actually had a real flight. I say flight stick is basically just a very basic joystick uh, at the time before investing in the Thrustmaster, which I still have, by the way. You guys know what I'm talking about. That that traditional uh, all black Thrustmaster, like almost like a it's like a F series like uh, fighter jet stick. It's got the the trigger on the front. It's got like a little rotating uh, hat on top. It's like 360 degrees. It has the thumb button. Has a pinky button. It's it's wonderful. It's a very very classic design. And I use that to play um, X Wing and all those games for. Oh my gosh, I actually want to go back and play them so bad right now. Just thinking about it, it was so fun, so so fun. I remember calibrating that joystick every time I launched the game, holding left, right down left center click oh I, I it's like it's like muscle memory so good anyway i'm just having a trip back to the 90s here for uh star wars games but yeah so i am actually i'm super hyped you know what pisses me off about it though i'm hyped about, i was hyped about battlefront too and all that was was a glossy beautiful paint job you know with with nothing underneath with no engine in the engine bay that's all it was all show no go and i was just like man how and we knew Dice was going to do that. We we know Dice can make great, beautiful looking. Dude, the audio, the sound design, incredible. The even the gameplay was fantastic. It was great. I loved the shooting, everything about it. It's just that there was really no substance. The multiplayer was lackluster. The community was like, "What's there's nothing really to do in here," and it was really frustrating and sad to see. 
I hope we don't have a repeat of this. And I almost in a way feel like I'm jumping into this pool that's empty again. And I'm like, man, but I want to talk about it. And I want to be honest. And I'm honest, man. I am hyped. I am excited for this. Is that a day one? I don't know. I don't know. I still need to buy a flight stick or something like that. Because I also need to prepare for Flight Sim 2020, which is coming out later this year. So I need to do like, uh, you know, a two-in-one, a twofer here. So again, uh, reaching out to the community, if anyone has any suggestions, they haven't posted compatibility with any flight sticks yet for Star Wars, but it's going, it's a, it's a budget title in a way. It's 40 bucks. So it's not full price. So I can imagine that it's going to have full support for controllers, but also probably just even the basic of basic joysticks. So I don't need anything too crazy fancy, but I definitely want to get something for that game. I uh, think it looks great. Space combat is going to be campaign and multiplayer modes. It looks great. looks like you can play through the entire campaign co-op with friends. That is good. Okay, okay. Now we're on to something here. That looks great. Squads of what, five or eight? I forgot what they said. Anyway, squads of maybe between five to eight, something like that. Someone yell at your speaker and correct me. Um, and they did mention uh, this last week, a couple days ago, no microtransactions. They said, you gave us your $40. We're giving you the full game. This can't be EA. I know. Who the hell are, <laughs> who the hell are these people? Who the hell are these people? Um, yeah, this looks great. So uh, it is going to be in first person only. It is a first person experience. So you're going to be looking out of the X-Wing or Y-Wing or A-Wing or whatever you're flying um, from the cockpit. And all of your instrumentation in the cockpit is real. It's not like back, back in the day when we used to play X-Wing and it was kind of just fancy lights and buttons and things. This is actually real instrumentation that will have an effect on uh, ammo and shields and all sorts of stuff. Very, very cool. So, okay, with that being said, I want to talk about that because that was the most exciting thing uh, that I saw from that. Uh, other announcements include Need for Speed Heat, getting cross-play, yippee. Um, so sad, so sad. What happened to that franchise? Please bring it back. Um, Apex Legends headed to Steam and Switch and getting cross-play. That's huge news, in fact. That is huge. Folks, cross-play? Cross-play is like the, the buzzword in gaming for 2020, if I were to break it. If you were to say, what is, how do you summarize gaming in 2020? I would say cross-play. That is the big thing. And in fact, because I see Apex Legends doing this, Need for Speed Heat doing this. Well, Heat's doing it because no one's playing it. But Apex Legend is doing it to try to spread out and generate more sales. Huge game. Great game. That is going to be almost something that games will have to support. And in a way, I'm kind of excited for it. It's a pro and con. It's a pro and con for me because if we're talking about shooters or competitive shooters, you definitely have... Oh, man, we can have a whole argument about this or not an argument, but a discussion um, about this. Whereas mouse and keyboard, you definitely have an advantage because of how quick and accurate one to one you are. But what we're seeing is that people who use controllers have aim assist so that they have an advantage. But there's no way for people on controller to compete with people with PC because they're just quicker. And it's oh, my gosh. So we have this huge we actually have this really big problem that is that has come out because of this. And uh, it happened with Fortnite and is now currently happening with uh, Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. And people are doing comparison videos. I watched Jack Frags the other day. He made a video talking about it. A few other YouTubers making videos about it, actually showing and demonstrating uh, the aim assist. And so, yeah, like I see it again. I see it both ways. Like, why the fuck would anyone using a, that's using a controller want to go up against someone that's using 
mouse and keyboard because that is they have an advantage. So like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you need some sort of assist. But then it's like, wait a minute, if you have aim assist, then why don't oh, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's really not fair either way, either way on a shooter. And I don't really see any way. I don't know how they're going to fix this. I really don't like I'm trying to figure this out other than just eliminating it completely. We have a big problem. We really do. If it's something else, like a fighting game or a racing game or, or a platform or pretty much any other game other than like a shooter action game where there is aim, there's the ability to aim and shoot. That's where we're going to have issues with that. So very interesting. So yeah, anyway, Need for Speed Heat crossplay, Apex Legends coming to Steam and Switch and crossplay. Another thing too is, we talked about it last episode, but EA is bringing, they are bringing their games onto Steam. And so, yeah, that was their big thing too. Like, oh, we want you to play wherever you want to play, however you want to play. And it's like, okay, yeah, you, yeah, we get it. We know why. We get it. Sims 4, they, they announced coming to Steam. Uh, new game, new IP, Rocket Arena. It's a 3v3 rocket battle game that's releasing July 14th. It looks really cool. Kind of looks like a, a blend between like Rocket League and like, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to say Overwatch, but it's not anything like Overwatch. More like more like Rocket League. Jumping with, with, when you're not in the cars, you're like shooting rockets at everyone and it's third persons. I, go check out the trailer. It looks really cool. Looks cool. And that's another one. Crossplay. There's the buzzword again. Crossplay. Uh, for anyone who might not know, if, if we have any listeners who might not know what that is, some, and, I'm, and I apologize. Sometimes I speak like you guys are just as nerdy and geeky as I am. Not everyone is. Um, Crossplay means that you are able to play your game on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC, all those platforms together. Uh, in the past, it has never been this way. Every platform is its own ecosystem, and they have never wanted to play nice with each other. And that makes sense, right? Why would Sony be like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what Microsoft's doing. I don't want, I don't want our, our, uh, our customer base playing with them. We don't want that. Well, it makes sense, right? When you allow everyone to play with each other, then you may get more sales. You sell more games. Makes sense. So, yeah, that's why they're doing it. Okay, uh, then there was an EA Sports montage, some trailers uh, for Madden 21 and FIFA 21. Looks pretty cool. Speaking of uh, the EA Sports uh, umbrella there, Skate is making a comeback. Skate was originally released in 2010. People have loved it, and they're looking for a, a, a reboot, and that's coming back very, very cool. It's great. We're seeing some some more of these uh, skateboarding games. Tony Hawk's coming back, remastered version 1 and 2. Very, very cool. So also the game Skate coming back. And then we rounded out the EA play event with basically a tech, I'm calling it a tech teaser, where they just pretty much talked about the future of EA and Criterion and, and DICE. And they showed off some like tech demo of like this, this, this model, this face model looked very, very realistic, very, very nice. They showed actually, a, which I loved. I thought this was so like, I got all fluttery when I saw this was they were talking about DICE and making grand, um, making games on a grand scale and making games that are like larger than life. And they showed, uh, they showed a, a, it was only like maybe two seconds long, a clip saying last gen, they showed Bad Company 2, right? They showed a, like a, a video of, of that in slow-mo. Then they showed current gen. They showed Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4. Very, very cool stuff. 
Um, and then they showed like a, a building that's coming down, like the demolition, you know, destructible environments. They showed a whole bunch of soldiers like running, you know, just this big, it's all tech stuff. But uh, the, the reality is, is that that is a good sign uh, that, you know, the next battlefield may feature something more realistic. Uh, maybe the, the destruction model is, is better, improved. Maybe we're going to up our player count. Um, we've been stuck on 64 players on Battlefield for many, many years. And I almost feel like because of BR games now upping it to like 150 or 100, uh, that number is kind of like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. You're going to have to pull your your heads together and figure this out to give us more than that. So at least 100, I would say, pretty ambitious. The only thing is that when you start to do that on, uh, you know, on a, on a game, you just want to make sure that everything is optimized properly. You want to make sure that everything works well uh, and that your experience and your gameplay is good. We don't have lag. We don't have issues with that. Um, you know, Battlefield games haven't always had the greatest launch. And so, um, you know, they get fixed over time. But, man, sometimes, man, do you remember the launch of uh, Battlefield 4? Holy shit, that was so rough. So rough. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, good stuff there. A lot of cool stuff from EA. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Star Wars though. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Cyberpunk 2077 is delayed again. I know people have already reported about this, but I wanted to bring it up in case you hadn't heard. The massive RPG from CD Projekt Red has been pushed back once again to November 19th, following a previous delay of September 17th. In a statement published to the game's official Twitter account, CG Pro CD Projekt Red co-founder Marcin... Orwinski, Orwinski, uh, yeah, I'm going to butcher that one. Uh, head of the studio, Adam Badowski, Badowski, okay. It's Jason Heen or Hine. I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, they wrote on Twitter. I could have just said that. They wrote on Twitter. <laughs> um, at the time of writing this, uh, at the time of writing these words, Cyberpunk 2077 is finished both content and gameplay-wise. The quests, cutscenes, and skills and items all the adventures Night City has to offer, it's all there. But with such an abundance of content and complex systems interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics, and fix a lot of bugs. All right, there it is. I know people are tripping. You know, they're upset. But reality is the game is done. And if the first trailer that we saw over what, two years ago now? Was it three years ago? I don't know, two years ago at least. If that was the proof for anything the game is going to be absolutely fantastic cannot wait for it got some i got three articles of pokemon here a lot of po a lot of poke news you like that one Steph? you like that no a lot of poke news i got a little giggle pokemon go users have been slapped with cheating accusations and soft bans on ios Pokemon Go is experiencing a serious issue, which has incorrectly flagged scores of iPhone users for cheating. Those affected have received the game's standard seven-day soft ban warning, usually issued if the game detects somebody using modified software to cheat, such as spoofing their location uh, or some other software injects there. These soft bans usually limit the rarity of Pokemon you can catch, though repeated offenses can incur the 30-day soft ban before your account is then blocked for good. Pokemon Company, 
has uh, stated that they they feel that this issue is affecting iPhone users on iOS 12 operating system. Although it's unclear why some people are being affected and not others. Uh, they acknowledge that the issue is happening and said it would investigate further, although there is no word yet on the accounts that have been hit or punished and if they have been restored. Um, Steph, have you had any issues with uh, Pokemon on uh, my phone here? Uh, no, I haven't. So we go out, we actually play, well, I say we, we go on walks. I go out. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, we go on walks and she plays uh, on my phone and her phone because she's addicted. Psycho. But I wanted to actually see what version I'm running so that about. Wait, on what version? iOS 12? Wow, I'm on 13.5. Okay, so I'm not even on that version. So, oh, wow, okay. That shows you how I'm out of loop. I didn't even check what, what the most recent version is. So it's an older older version. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, Speaking of Pokemon, hey, be careful when you go download DLC for Pokemon, okay? Because if, if you're not careful, you may download the wrong DLC. And guess what? You're not getting your money back. I know. That's so crazy. I can't believe Nintendo would say that. That can't be right. It's right. <laughs> um, what do they say here? I wrote on here, keep a sharp eye in the checkout. <laughs> Nintendo has announced that it won't be issuing refunds to those who purchase the incorrect DLC for their copy of Pokemon Sword or Pokemon Shield via the Nintendo eShop. And this was reported by Nintendo Soup, by the way. People are upset because even though it seems like a simple thing, Nintendo doesn't do a really good job of of stating and showing what DLC you're getting. I know it's crazy. I know it just sounds like just use your eyes. Just use your eyes. No, it's not that simple. Sometimes it's kind of confusing. And especially, do you remember like maybe three months ago when I had that big Pokemon uh, uh, ecosystem banner and picture that I made of like all the Pokemon stuff and how easy it is, you know, to, to move the games from like Virtual Boy to this and that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Okay, I was just making a joke and it's funny or whatever. But reality is there's like a trillion freaking Pokemon games and it can get confusing for some people and that's totally understandable. People are saying you need to put like bold, like italics or underline or like boldly state exactly what the DLC is and what it applies for, what game it goes to. Like try to simplify this for people. Um, that's one thing I've learned too. And, and when doing entertainment and doing things... Um, where I'm trying to get people to click and go to places, I try to make things as simple as possible because reality is that as simple as even just clicking a link, it can be difficult, especially if you have a lot of links and you're trying to get people to go to certain places. They don't know where to go. Um, yeah, simplify, simplify if you can. So, yeah, that's one big thing about uh, the Pokemon stuff that's happening. So be careful because Nintendo is not going to refund you on that DLC. Crazy shit. I feel like there'll be a class action lawsuit down the road on that one. Uh, and lastly, on Pokemon news, speaking of that, um, the wait is over. Pokemon Snap. Oh, I thought you were going to say Pokemon Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If you want to report on that after this, please feel free because I haven't even seen it. So you oh, can report I on it. I don't have much on it. It's just a little free-to-play app that's or game that's coming to Nintendo Switch. Is it only only on Switch? I think it's only on Switch because mm -hmm. it looks like it has touch controls. Is it Poke Coffee? What is it? <laughs> Pokemon 
Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> cafe. Like you, you're basically a cafe owner, and you create these cute little Pokemon themed treats and drinks and serve Pokemon as your, you know, they're they're your customers. I can't wait. <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> yeah. So that's a day one for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's free, so. Oh, that's cool. All right, so I'm gonna get your Poke drink on. Um, very cool. And well, as such, with that too. So we have four articles of Pokemon news. This is like the new Poke podcast here. Um, so Pokemon Snap is making a return. Finally, it's making a comeback. The classic N64 game where players simply capture photos and pocket their Pokemon is on the way back to Nintendo Switch. We don't know much about it. They just have announced it. Um, aside from the fact it's called, a matter of fact, New Pokemon Snap. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what the. I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. Uh, no release date yet, but it is developed by Bandai Namco. Very cool. Dumb name. Stop that. Stop that. Get some help. Get some help. Stop with the new stuff. All right, because after a year, it's not new anymore. I can't. I can't deal with this new names. It's Nintendo. What's going on? Get get some help. Um. Wait, can I go back to the Pokemon Cafe? Please next? do, yeah, because I'm ready to go <laughs> on right, to text. That's actually going to yeah. be available on Switch and mobile. Oh, okay, cool. Free to play on yeah, mobile. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's like a puzzle game. Kind of like, I don't know, like a weird version of Bejeweled. <laughs> I can't even describe it. I'm I'm watching it, and I don't know how to. <laughs> Bejeweled. <laughs> hmm. Just reminds me of reminds me of back in the day. Remember Vajazzles? No, please tell me you don't. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you never I totally you, do. <laughs> you, she's got a Vajazzle. <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave that there. Okay, that sounds like fun. It's cool. It's free to play. Um, let's move on to some tech. Get some tech news. Uh, not a whole lot actually. Just one article because we have tons of voicemails to get through. A lot of cool stuff. Nintendo says. And we've gone back on this. Nintendo revealed about their their breach that happened uh, earlier. Uh, in April, they said they had about 160,000 accounts that were uh, compromised, but the actual number is closer to 300,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. So be careful there. Um, if you had... Oh, they said as a result of continuing the investigation. Okay. That makes... I mean, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, they're researching it. Um, the issue applies specifically to anyone who connected their old Nintendo 3DS and Wii U Nintendo network IDs uh, to the Switch, which we have. But we've already gone through and changed our passwords and we've changed, we've en- enabled a two-factor and all that sort of thing. So uh, that we're more protected, which I encourage everyone to do so as well. If you haven't already, I made a mention of it back in the day when I reported about this originally. Uh, change your password for your Nintendo account and enable two-factor authentication so that you can be more secure. Um, Nintendo now uses a system called Nintendo Account, but the company allowed people with existing Nintendo IDs to connect those to their Switch. And so that was the issue. So definitely looks like it was something with um, something with the uh, older uh, systems, the 3DS and Wii U. Well, just real quickly on the Wii U, too. The thing is just gone, right? It's just gone. We're at this, we are in the gray area for Wii U, and I think this is really great. Right now, folks, this is this is so fun, and I love, I love this about the consoles. 
and uh, we've experienced this from the beginning. I remember this back in the day from Atari 2600 uh, post, but we go through this gray area phase. And I'm going to talk a little bit just about collecting. This is a total side tangent before we move on to voicemails. Total side tangent. We go through this gray area where the console is pretty much dead in the water. It's not no longer supported, no longer sold. Games are no longer sold. Everything's done. People want to get rid of that console to get the newest, latest, and greatest. For Nintendo, let's just take Nintendo for instance. This applies to all developers or, or all manufacturers, Sony, Microsoft, everyone. As far as Nintendo is concerned, people are getting rid of the Wii U's in order to get the Switch. This is this has pretty much already happened. All right. No one right now has a Wii U and they're like, you know what? I think I'll go trade it in for a Switch. No, they've already either sold that, got rid of that, or they just, they bought a Switch or whatever. And their Wii U is now sitting collecting dust under the TV, right? And they forgot about it. It's in a a box somewhere. So the only Wii U's and stuff you're going to find right now are going to be from stuff like that, where they come across and like, whatever, let's just go sell it for 50 bucks and get rid of it. So now is a really good time, folks. If you want to get a Wii U, they are not expensive. They are inexpensive. They are pretty much plentiful. Nobody wants them. So there's tons of them out there. So it's a great time to pick one up. The Wii U is a great console for playing backwards compatibility Wii games. It's a great way to play Wii games in HDMI to get it to your TV. Very smart. You can also just buy little cheap China uh, Wii to HDMI adapters. Those are like 10 bucks. We have a couple of those. Those work. That's hit or miss. Some of them are kind of grainy. Some work well. You may need to buy a couple of them to get it to work. But a Wii U, anyway, a Wii U is very, very great to play not only just Wii U games, but also Wii games. I have a quick question. Sorry sure. to interrupt you. Not at all. Your no. diatribe. Um, didn't you try to play Wii Sports on the Wii U and you felt it the the Wii Motion controller felt really different? Yes, I did. trying to play like golf and bowling? I did. I actually noticed the pointer was off. Yeah. Yeah. And I went in, I was like, okay, it's okay. Because you can select if you have the sensor bar on top or bottom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So I selected that. Still was... Boy, that lotion smells good. It smells like Fruit Loops. <laughs> Sorry, it's lemon. They they have lemon Fruit Loops, right? Yeah, yeah, that smells really good. Maybe we should go. Can you pour that on a little milk and just kind of <laughs> put it on my? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it won't taste as good. I bet not. No. And <laughs> it never tastes like we buy the Mountain Dew um, lip balm. It tastes no, really bad too. Like the Oreo ones. They I don't thought you were supposed like to it. eat it. I try to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste good. I was wondering what those teeth marks were. On <laughs> yeah, they're mine. <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, yeah, about the sensor bar. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And something was weird there. I wasn't sure why it did that. And I just noticed the pointer was off. It was either like too high or too low. And I was like, this isn't right. What you the hell? You fix it, right? I could not fix it. We should return to that. We should go try it again. Maybe I was just... Just an off day. Maybe I was just sniffing the lemon <laughs> bomb you got there. I don't know. Um, yeah, so great, great time to pick up a Wii U. Here's the thing. And... I really want to try to do this at some point. I really feel like the Wii U is a great console to mod also. I don't know anything about console modding for Wii U at this point. I don't know how it works. I don't know what third-party, what community-driven mods there are. I don't know what it entails, if it's like a full teardown, if it's all software-based like it was on the Wii. But I feel like that is a great console to mod. Why? Because of the gamepad. Because it has a touchscreen gamepad. I feel this, the Switch will be the same thing in the future. In 10 years, the Switch is going to be a marvelous console to mod out. 
pop in an SD card, play all your games. Oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait for those days. But the Wii U, I think it's right on par with that. One, great console to mod. Um, I don't even know. I should look into it, but I'm just feeling like the gamepad will be great. You can play right there. It's touchscreen, so you're going to be able to feature... Um, it will feature a bunch of third-party apps, programs. It has a camera built into it. Okay, so I'm not saying it's great, but I'm saying like it's there. You know, it has a microphone. Like you couldn't enable some cool third-party stuff like video chat. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's really, really cool. I think that's great. You can use it to uh, record your podcast. I should. I should. Can I show people this? Hold on. Look what I brought out. Look what I found the other day. <laughs> Speaking of shitty-ass webcams. Yeah, I know. Look at this. Look at this thing. You guys remember this? I know we all had this. I know you're tripping. This is the Logitech. I don't even know. We all had it. There's no model number on it. Is that the one that had the cover on it? Yes. Look. Has a little cover. Yeah. For see? A privacy cover. Yes. Yeah, people see? were concerned about that back then. Like, well, I mean, they I still people. are. I'm surprised they don't yeah. come with them anymore. Yeah, because people want to hack in and look. You know, let's, let's look at them. Yeah. Fuck, I'm going to get two million webcams in this house. Two pixels. Like. Yeah, have, have fun looking at me at five frames a second, bro. You know? <laughs> but yeah, this is a great little, it's like a ball cam thing. It's got this like rubberized base and this little, li I'm like, honestly, this thing was great for its day. It's like 360p. I don't remember what it is. It's terrible. It, it honestly is like 15 frames a second, if that. It's, it's a garbage picture, but... We were laughing because she was like, you need to do a whole podcast episode with this. And I'm like, yeah, I really should. And then I thought about it. I'm like, man, if they have to watch this, they're going to be annoyed as shit. But uh, it could be fun. Maybe I'll do a live stream and have a camera set up and I'll label it like in 2002. This is what my stream would have looked like. <laughs> Funny stuff. But yeah, you're right. You know, you could you could maybe record yourself on the Wii U. You've got a bunch of great third party stuff. You never know what's going to happen. So anyway, with that being said. Um, the games are also relatively cheap. Yeah, the first-party stuff are always going to hold a premium, yes. But right now, dirt cheap. Nobody wants Wii U games at all. I was going to say, do you think the Wii U library is smaller than the N64 library? No, no. Was there no. that many Wii U games that came out? Yeah, yeah, there were. I feel like I never seen, like, besides, like, the most of the first-party stuff and maybe, like, a handful of third-party, I have not seen a lot of... Are you looking it up right now? I'm going to look it up. Yeah, yeah, because no, I'm, I'm actually really, I'm really curious too. Yeah, exactly. I am curious. Um, Wii U game library. Let's take a look. Oh, it's loading. A, it's loading Animal Crossing Tesla Coil Remix. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. As of late July 2016, there have been 39 first party. And 118 third party? Whoa, whoa, 39 and 118, that's 157? Holy shit. That's physical, right? Physical only, yeah. Not including the eShop garbage. Okay. If we're, I mean, you asked about N64. Yeah. Oh my God, I am way wrong. There were, it says, I don't know if this is. There were 300 and some odd N64 games. It's under 400. It's, three, it's like 380 something. 388, yeah. Okay. And then looking with Wii U, I don't know if this includes digital. It says 772. That has to include digital. Has to. Oh, wow. Because I don't remember ever seeing that many games for Wii U. Even when we w would walk through Toys R Us, I feel like Wii U always had a small section <laughs> compared to all the other um, 
uh, platforms wow. out there, even compared to we. We had thousands. Yeah. I am blown away. I actually didn't know that. I cannot believe that the Wii U had not even a fraction of the games. And the N64 was, that had a low number yeah. of games. You know what I mean? Because it was hard to develop on that console. Developers had issues. Holy shit. The Wii U was such a freaking failure. Wow. It really was. No wonder Nintendo was like, okay, we got to get the Switch going now. Wow, it's like a placeholder. <laughs> There's an article here of a farewell well to Wii U, the game system for nobody. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. I mean, we got to be honest though, and you know, we we love what Nintendo does. We support what Nintendo does as far as the the hardware and stuff. But like, when you first held that gamepad, do you remember? And you're like, why does this feel like a Fisher Price kids toy? It just felt so odd, didn't it? I don't know. Crazy, man. 157 physical games. I didn't know that. Well, now. Yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. But there's the... Um, anyway, this is the weird segue into my voicemails. There's actually no segue. That was just a little side tangent. But now's a great the time. End. Yeah, the <laughs> end. Exactly. But, you know, now's a great time if you really want to get into Wii U. Boy, that's an easy collection to get. Except for Hello Kitty Racers. That's an expensive one. And a bunch of others. But yeah, really cool. But now's a good time. I would probably uh, jump in because nobody's buying that stuff right now. Nobody wants that stuff. So it's a good time. And we went through this transition. We go through this transition with every console. There's a there's a there's a, an offload and then there is a reload, right? So there's a time when people are like, get rid of it to get the new stuff, trade it in, sell it, get rid of it. It's garbage. It's cheap. There's a lot. And this will come back around. I have a feeling probably in another like maybe... I don't know, what, 10 years maybe? Eight to 10 years? We're going to see a little resurgence come back. And I think I think some of the games are going to... Here's my prediction for the next 10 years on Wii U. I think that because there wasn't a lot of physically released games for the, for the console, um, that they're going to be in higher demand because there's limited quantities of them and they didn't sell a lot, right? So I think the, the, the price of the games may go up uh, in, in maybe eight to 10 years, and it will be more difficult to collect. So do it now if you really want to. If not, hey, no no sweat, no sweat. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. We got, uh, we're about 45 minutes into the show. This is great. We have lots of voicemails. We got like 10 voicemails. No, I think it's like five. Let's jump in. Yeah. You've got voicemail. 503-908-508. 5490 is the phone number. Give me a call. Let me know what's going on. Talk to me about Wii U. Are you are you a Wii U collector? Are you going to jump in? Are you going to mod out a Wii U? Do you know anything about it? I'd love to know. How about PS5? You talk to me about anything we talked about on this show or any of the others. Would love to hear from you. Live at gmail.com if you want to just forward it over as well. Send it to me. Would love to chat. Let's jump in to the Heine House hotline. Hey, what's up, Jason? Cameron Johnson here, Mr. Maniac of the voicemail. I had two little questions for you. Um, first question, what, uh, as far as your, I don't know, YouTube, podcast, entertainment, Heine House Entertainment career, and even going back to the EMU years. Old school. Um, I'm just kind of curious, what are some of your most memorable moments? Uh, maybe some uh, events that happened or, I don't know, comments. I don't, just, just curious if you have any specific moments that, 
um, you kind of look back fondly as uh, milestones in your uh, your entertainment venture. Um, second question: What uh, what was the longest game, or have you had a game that you've you started playing and kind of played on and off for years? And so only Wait a minute! I already answered this one. Hold on! I did I answer this one last time? Hold on! Hold on, Cameron. Let's take a look here. I'm gonna look at my inbox here. Yeah, this one here says, and that was May 24th. I answered that one already, I think, dude. Sorry, my bad. I screwed the pooch on that one. Here we go. Uh, Cameron, here it is. June 15th. There we go. This one is a little bit <laughs> dated, right? I was like, wait a minute. I think we talked about this. And I remember I, I answered that. It was Chrono Trigger. And, um, oh, no, not Chrono Trigger. It was uh, uh, Mario RPG. Great games. All right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's jump into one more, more current. I'm fired. You know, he sends us so many great emails and voicemails. I always just get him confused. Sorry, Cameron. Here we go. Hey, what's up? This is uh, Cameron Johnson, Here we voicemail go. maniac. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much for answering my question on your epic two-hour podcast, uh, Stephanie and Jason. Um, anyway, I had a couple comments uh, just regarding all that, all that was discussed. Uh, I'm kind of like you, Jason, as far as uh, when it comes to the, the survival horror games. Mm. I love the idea of them. Um, but they scared the crap out of me, and I don't know what it is. I could play them in high school, but as I get older, it's just it's it just doesn't work. Um, I think because I'm actually in the game, you know, I'm, I'm controlling a character. It when something jumps out at me, I feel like I, you know, it's a whole different thing than watching like a scary movie. I kind of wish there was Resident Evil games just without the zombies, and then I I, I like the puzzle aspect and the atmosphere, etc. But yeah, all the all the jump scares and the I can't. I can't hang, man. I, I can absolutely uh, empathize, or you know, I, I can see where you're coming from for sure. Um, you know, just a, a, a comment on the PS5, the disc versus no disc thing. You know, I think I'm much more. Um, I'm definitely a physical media guy like yourself, but uh, once you know, once they stop, I guess, putting like instructions, and they were obviously starting to skimp on things like that in the yeah. newer, newer generations of games, you know, having a, a physical copy has meant less to me as yeah, there's nothing you know, there. time has gone on. Mm -hmm. You know, with the old the cartridges, you have something to hold, and uh, it's not just a disc, it's instructions. Yeah, it's you true. Know, a little bit more to those. So I really enjoyed that aspect, but I think going forward, I probably wouldn't care mm -hmm. nearly as much, maybe except for n Nintendo consoles. I think there's still that care to some degree you know and yeah sort even of, if it's yeah. just a tiny essential sd card yeah for the true. cartridge um so uh so there's one more thing i was going to mention um and of course i'm about to save it for next time but uh anyway uh thanks for uh the great episode um look forward to the next one and we'll see you guys next week you got it cameron thank you he says thank you to you by the way steph for answering uh last time yeah, uh, that's that's all really really great points, and and I agree completely. Okay, so first of all, talking about the jump scares and and the, the horror games, and I feel like I'm kind of the odd man out here. And I know everyone loves horror games, um, but again, like I said before, it's something with the jump scares that really tripped me out. And yeah, something about controlling I, for me, it's like controlling a character and like being chased and all that shit. I hate that. I it really bothers me. But also 
watching like scary movies also tripped me out. So I can't I can't really blame that. I can't be like, oh, I can do movies. No problem. No, I fucking hate that, too. It drives me nuts when like the suspense It's the suspense that kills me. Like I blood and gore. That doesn't really bother me. It's the suspense, man. It's like I just know, OK, she's in the woods by herself on Halloween night and she's running through and the moon's out and the werewolf is there. And then you're like, I know she's going to get slaughtered. When's it going to happen? It's just the build up, the build up, the build up. And then finally it happens. I'm just like, oh my God, drives me nuts. It's crazy. And I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm the weird gamer like that. Um, uh, maybe it's just you and me, Cameron. That's it. <laughs> um, and then uh, your second um, topic, uh, let's see, what were you talking about? You were talking about, um, oh yeah, the physicalness of the games. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm the same way. Like, what's the point? What's the point? I know of like getting the console with the disc drive when the disc, you put the disc in and it's basically like a standard CD, basically, not even a Blu-ray. It's just basically will like launch the downloader to download it. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it is. There's no manuals. There's no case art. There's nothing inside. Like, what's the point? I get it. I get it. I knew we were on the downfall when we go into Walmart and it's like, there's a physical copy of, um, of these games on, on the, uh, the wall there. Fortnite, Overwatch, all these games, World of Warcraft, all these different games. They've been there forever. You you pick up the game, and if you if you were to have bought it, you open it up, and it just has a link, a picture of a link and a code. It's like, go to Fortnite.com, and here's your code, enter it. It's like, whoa, it's crazy, you know? But that's the reality of it. That's the reality. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yes, yes, the old school games, this is why we collect. This is why we have these. They look nice. They're fun to, to hold, to, to look at. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, what's the point? I, I agree completely with you. I agree. And if you're going to save maybe a hundred bucks, then just get the disc list version of the consoles for sure. It might not, might not mean much, uh, as long as you have the ability to continue to plug in hard drives and store all that stuff. Cause you know, games are getting large marge, large and in charge. Oh my goodness. They're just, they're, they're just huge. And call of duty. We talked about it. It's like a million gigs. Can't even fit it on a console. So, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, really appreciate the voicemail there, uh, Cameron. And I don't know if I accidentally, maybe, you know what? You know, what I think I did, Cameron. I think I, you sent me two, I think, but I think I deleted the wrong one. So you sent me one and then I just, I played the wrong one by accident. So I, I apologize. I, I'll try to dig through the, the, uh, the trash bin. Actually, let's do it right now. That's not in the trash. It's right here. It's grouped. Oh, you sent it right after. It's grouped it. Oh, Gmail groups them in like, I guess they're called groups. All right, it's right here, Cameron. All right, we got you. It's a voice. It's a voicemail moment here. Here it is, number two, coming up. Thanks again, Cameron. All right, sorry. This is definitely uh, <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but uh, voice <laughs> maniac. I, have a, I, I totally remember what I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> so funny. And uh, so this is this is an addendum to my last uh, voicemail. We'll get it figured but, out. But uh, I totally had no idea. I was opening up a can of worms about selling off the Nintendo stuff. Um, really cool of you to, to describe that situation that we've all been in, you know, be it, I'm sure different reasons, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I've had, I've had to do it many times in my life. Most of those times were absolutely my fault and I've learned lessons. So, uh, going forward, I've been just trying to, you know, be really, really frugal with money. That way I'm not having to sell stuff off when something unexpected happens. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I've been there many a time so i can totally uh respect your decision and that was very cool of you to, to do that you know 
versus you know try to borrow money or something like that. So very cool. Um, the second thing uh, you mentioned, kind of uh, collecting, or Stephanie mentioned this, answering my question, collecting more what she wants to nowadays. I think that's super mature. You know, as I get older too, it's in the. I know you mentioned this too, Jason. It's not always about just collecting everything. Um, you know, collecting just what you want. You're happier. You're less cluttered. You don't have, you know, so much. You're, you're spending less money. Yeah, it's great. And everything you buy is with with purpose. It's freeing, so it's, actually. Yeah. It's kind of more special. Mm-hmm. And having a smaller collection of just things you want, that's way more exciting to me than people with, like, uh, complete collections of stuff. Yeah. Uh, although, if that's what they want to do, I mean, that's great. But just not, you know, not what uh, I would partic- particularly want to do. Yeah, I get you. Um, and lastly, I think you guys should absolutely do more food videos uh, on YouTube. Speaking of the smoker. <laughs> Uh, I like uh, I love when I to eat stuff like that. So those are always fun. Enjoyed your Burger King and uh, uh, White Castle videos. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, you are watching. But those. yeah, okay. all right, guys. <laughs> Last uh, voicemail for this week. I promise. We'll see you guys next week. Um, hope you have a great uh, week and an upcoming weekend. You too, Cameron. Thank you. Uh, Cameron says that he he thinks we should do more videos about food, talking about the smoker and. Yeah, Burger King and White Castle. He liked those videos too. He thinks we should do more, uh, more food related stuff. I mean, I'm down for that. We, we we've talked about all kinds of stuff doing food related stuff. We just don't have a great kitchen to like film and stuff. Yeah, our kitchen is small and the lighting's pretty bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. There's nothing really great about it at all. So no. you know, someday when we get into our nice gourmet kitchen, we can film. Be awesome. We could do. We'll throw together like gamer pizza. Like we'll do something. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Smoke a pizza or something. Meat, meatball pizza. Meatball pizza. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I appreciate that, Cameron. Uh. Yeah. And he what he was talking about earlier is he asked me a question about selling off my NES collection. I had made a a short mention of it, and then so he was asking about that, and I described to him why that was. It was uh, business related. Uh, Stephanie and I both had to sell off a lot of our stuff because of uh, a big financial uh, burden that I had in my business. And so it wasn't like, yeah, I wanted to get rid of it. It was a necessity. And I think it's funny. You're like, yeah, you know, at least you didn't have to like borrow money from anyone or anything. But Oh, I had to borrow money too. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because you know what? I'm a man of my word. I paid it back. Everything's great. We're good now. Um, Cameron, thank you. Thank you for the voicemail. I appreciate it. The voicemail maniac. Sorry, I fucked that up earlier. All right, let's move on to the other lines. We got some more calls here. Hey, Jason. Percy Havoc here. Hey, Percy. My question this week is based on something I experienced recently. So I had a viewer of my Twitch channel who had dropped a good amount of money in my streams. Mm -hmm. I appreciated the support, but I also felt a little awkward about it because that can sometimes make people feel entitled. Well, long story short, Life circumstances forced me to change my streaming schedule pretty dramatically, which can hurt you on Twitch. And sure enough, this viewer contacted me and was pretty sour about the change Mm. as it didn't fit with their schedule. It's horseshit. They kind of threw the money they gave me back in my face and acted like it wasn't fair. Complete bullshit. And that they wouldn't have spent that money had they known the schedule would change. It's bullshit. And the thing is, I didn't know it would change either, nor did I even want to do this. Right. No, life happens. Yes. Have you ever experienced something like this where a fan supports you financially but then tries to influence you or 
ask for special treatment or yes. otherwise sours on you because they don't feel they've gotten their money's worth. Mm-hmm. If so, how did you deal with it or how would you deal with it if you haven't experienced this? Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next time. You got it, Percy. Great question. Great question. Yes, and unfortunately, I have many times, I hate to say that. Um, here's the thing. First of all, first of all, that's complete bullshit that that person would put you into that situation. If anyone comes through and cheers, gives bits, donates money, um, gives subs or and or subs, gift subs, any of that, if they support you in any way, shape or form, even just like following it's on that's 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 them wanting to do that okay that's that's 100% on them you're you're asking for support for your from your community hey if you like what i'm doing please feel free to support it um and when that happens yeah that's a really really sticky situation to be in first of all if somebody does support you the first thing you said there i'm trying to remember what you said and the first thing is don't i know it, i know you said it makes you feel kind of awkward or sort of weird because first don't feel weird at all about it. Don't because you can't, you can't control what happens and what doesn't happen, whether they do or don't support. You shouldn't feel weird about that at all. Um, and just the fact that they did that and put you in that situation is really, really messed up. You know, we, we create this content um, for free. Basically we're creating free content. And I, and I feel that if people like it and find value out of it and, and are having a good time with it and like it and feel like they want to see it continue, then they will support you and they'll come through and do that. Um, and they, people should understand that, you know, we have lives and we also, a lot of us are working full-time jobs. And so it's difficult, you know, this isn't, uh, this may or may not be the full-time gig. And even when you do a full-time man, it's, it's tough, man. You need, you need days to reset. I took a reset day this week, I'm 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 back at my full time job and man I just could not get up to to save my life I had to say hey you know whatever we're moving on uh, for the day I got to take a day and everyone was cool I posted in Discord everyone's cool everything's great um, now talking about have I ever experienced that yeah I have I have I actually had uh, I, I won't get into like full details because it's a long story and this and that but I had somebody that wanted to purchase um, an item for me and ended up um, purchasing that item for me and. I was very thankful. I spoke to them almost every every other day, uh, quite often. And then one day they just vanished. One day they just disappeared. And I couldn't get a hold of him at all. And I would send a message on Facebook. I sent a message on Skype. I sent an email like we usually do to communicate. We use those three forms to communicate. This person lived outside the U.S. This person lived, lived in Germany, actually. And... Uh, yeah, it was the interesting thing. I'm like, hey, man, are you like, I, I genuinely was getting worried about him. Like, wow, I hope something didn't happen to him. He just completely disappeared. And then he would, he responded back and it was a really, int, really weird conversation because the text he was typing to me did not sound like him. Like it was, it was, the words were different. The tone was different. Everything was different. And I was like, wow, is this the same person? I don't know if this is the same person. Very, very weird. Um, then he was like, oh, actually, I got married, so I'm really busy with my marriage now. And, you know, I got to, uh, you know, I'm not on here a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I understand, you know. But, hey, man, you know, catch up once in a while. And it was just very, very weird, almost like something had happened. Something had changed in his life, but I didn't know what was happening. Then about a year later, this same person goes to other people that I know um, in the community, friends of mine, say friends I used to do a podcast with. 
and was contacting them saying that like, I'm a fucking cheapskate and I just like, I took their money to buy this stuff and uh, I didn't appreciate it. And they, they, and that I no longer talk to him and I, I just brush him off and, and I, I've never contacted him in the last year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to get a hold of you. Like I have been, I check your email, check your messages. Like, go look, they're timestamped. I sent screenshots like, bro, I'm trying to contact you. Like, are you kidding me? You blame me. Like you say that to me, like, dude, out of your mind, out of your mind. And so, but it, it ended, that was it. Like I couldn't even get, I couldn't even contact him or get a hold of him and to even like state and talk to him. He won't talk to me. Crazy shit. So like reality is, is that people, sometimes people will, will step in and do things in the moment. They feel that, you know, they want to do that. They're excited to do that, but they also have to understand that you are going to continue to do what you do in your life creating the content and sometimes real life shit happens. Your schedules change, things change and you have to then reconfigure. And I think everyone knows, most people know that when you support anyone in any way, shape or form, you know, you're doing that because you enjoy their content and that you appreciate what they've done. And it doesn't mean like in the future, that means like stuff in the past too. Like people, I get people that come through and will tip or donate or, or support because they're like, look, you've been doing this for like 10 years. Like I, I've been listening for all this time. Like they're looking at the back catalog too. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. And I'm sorry that you're in that situation, Percy. Don't, don't feel bad about it. Don't, you know, don't take it uh, too serious there. I think that's a messed up situation that that person put you in and um, they should have known better. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Twitch stuff, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very, and this is very, that's very common to be honest with you, dude. That, that seems to happen a lot. I know a lot of people talk about that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Good, good question. Good, deep question. All right, let's jump back into the hotline. Hey, Jason. Nathan calling in again this week, this time with a USB microphone, though, since I got called out for using a built-in microphone <laughs> last <laughs> week. Uh, just to follow up with that, oh. you guessed that I was using my MacBook Pro's built-in microphone. Mm-hmm. In my bedroom with carpet, which was 100% correct. Yes. Uh, except the built-in microphone was on an iPad, but that's probably the it's exact the same, mic. same microphone yeah. since they're both Apple products. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely giving you 100% on that one. All right. Uh, feel nice. free to try to guess what I'm using this week if you want. You sound really good. I was calling in because I wanted to ask you about Hotshot Racing when I watched the trailer. I... I thought that the voice of the announcer sounded like you. And I just wanted to ask uh, if that is your voice. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Nathan, great, great question and awesome. Thanks for following up with me. I'm so happy. A couple things. One, uh, the reason why I even did that is because I used to do this on All Gen Gamers when we have a guest on. I Because I would have to do pre-production with guests because every guest we had, not every guest, but a majority of guests we'd have on they would have no microphone or a really shitty built-in microphone. And I got so good with all the guests we had, I would then guess, like I said, okay, it sounds like you're in a room with concrete walls, wood flooring, and you're using a uh, smartphone microphone. And they're like, yeah, I am. Like, yeah, okay, we need to fix that. We need to get you to this, you know, so that the show actually, people could listen to it all the way through and not be annoyed. So I would do pre-production with all of our guests. Ask any guest that came on the show. I would talk to them a day before and send their asses to Best Buy to buy a blue snowball if that was what it took. 
or use a rock band microphone or something that they had laying around. I used to do all kinds of stuff like that. So that's the only reason why I did that. Cause I was hearing it. And I was like, I think I know. Uh, I'm so glad that, that I was right. That's really awesome. Um, guess your mic now. That's, you sound really good. First of all, that's a USB mic. I'm going to guess that's either a, um, it's probably either the, like, um, maybe, a. Audio-Technica 2020, maybe USB, or that's probably a, mm, a blue woodpecker, maybe. Those are my two guesses. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. It has a good proximity effect. There's a lot of great bass in your voice. It sounds very good. It sounds like a condenser microphone. So that's what I'm going to go with. You know, Heel also makes one that's really good good like okay i'm gonna leave it there i'm gonna leave it there watch it be a fee fine or something like what we have here yeah be like oh shit people are gonna start calling in and be like guess my mic yeah yeah that'd be really funny really funny and what's crazy is though like a lot of mics are starting to sound very good and very similar now so you know yeah but but that's cool that's what nathan did you know i i i said what i thought he was using is 100 percent correct so he was like, guess it now. <laughs> He's on a USB mic, so it's good. Um, yeah, good stuff. And then finally, what... Uh, oh, you're asking about Hotshot. It's funny that you actually asked that because I've had a lot of people write to me and ask that. The answer is no, unfortunately. That is not my voice. Although I do have some songs that I've produced that I have sampled my own voice and put in. Um, a song called Let's Go. I have my voice sampled in there. But you're talking about the actual announcer. No. Long story short, when that game started production, it started back in 2010, actually. Uh, actually, 2008, but 2010 really when it started to jump off. And during the production, uh, the developers, uh, uh, Trev at Lucky Mountain Games, he already had hired voice talent um, to do that. And so they already had all of that body of work already completed. When I jumped on board in 2016, I offered that service to him. Uh, and I said, if you need any additional voice acting, if you need any other announcer stuff, um, you know, if the game expands, if you do any DLC, anything in the, you know, in the, in the post release, um, I'm your guy. I'll be able to take care of that. Cause it was funny. It, it does sound a lot like me. Um, but no, it is not actually, it is not. So great question, Nathan. I appreciate that. Let me know if I'm anywhere close. I know for a fact, it's a condenser mic for sure. Condenser mic, large diaphragm. Um, it sounds really, really nice. Very, very warm. So that's what I'm guessing. Maybe a USB 2020 or a, maybe a, uh, maybe not a woodpecker. Woodpecker actually sounds a little more tinny than that. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. Ooh, man, you got me. You got me. Is it like the blue ember? Maybe? I don't know. I'm trying to think if it's anything from blue. Without processing, it could be, it could be, but I, I think it's actually something it's from audio siren. Oh, get the fuck out of here <laughs> and turn that shit off. Mute your mic. No more talking. Fuck that. Uh, yeah, no, definitely not that. Um, good stuff. Okay. Let's jump right in. We've got, uh, uh, the man, Ryan, Mr. Digital Rhino with another question or a question followed up by a second question. Jason Heine. Here we go. Hey, hey Ryan. I just wanted to clarify a couple things on uh, clean feed. Um, 
The point of CleanFeed is not so much for one person to record their audio as um, allowing uh, two parties to record both sides of a conversation remotely. Yes, very nice. So you can invite people just like you would a, a Zoom call. And when you hit record, it will generate at the end an audio file that has uh, you on one side of the track and the other party on the other side of the track. So you can easily manipulate it and edit it um, that way. So super handy for podcasters or for anyone who wants to um, record both sides of a remote conversation. It's very nice. Um, Although an easy way for people to record themselves at home, um, quick tip, um, if you have Windows, uh, just in the Cortana search bar, type in voice, and up will pop the voice recorder app for oh, yeah. an easy way to record audio on your computer. Super or, simple. Uh, Macintosh, I believe the app is called uh, Voice Memos. So easy way to uh, to record that way. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I've enjoyed the podcast, and even though I'm not super into uh, modern gaming nowadays with uh, my kid. Um, I enjoy hearing what's happening with the industry and what uh, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo have uh, thought up next and what the consensus is on uh, the new systems. So, um, Also, if uh, anyone's a regular listener to the podcast, I'd really encourage you to jump on the Patreon bandwagon. Um, Jason's worked really hard the last uh, year or so to provide a lot of content, and he certainly deserves our support. So if you're a regular listener, uh, give Patreon a a look. Thanks, Jason. Talk to you later. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And the the clean feed you're talking about, yeah. When you you enable it, you select your input, but then when you say you want to invite somebody, it creates a link, right? And then you could send that link to the other person. All they do is open up the link and they pop up on your browser and you click record and you're good to go. It is marvelous. Marvelous. Honestly, wish we had that when we started All Gen Gamers. The 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 complex setup I had to record that podcast was unreal. Uh, it's so much better now. Oh, podcasts are popular. So now all the software is coming out for it. Oh, funny. Funny how that works. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, great tip on Windows uh, voice recorder. That's way easier than even clean feed. Great tip on that. Just record it there. Hit save. Boom. Send it. It's you could probably I think you can even email it right from there. You can click like share it and then Mac also voice memos. Yeah. And the voice memos save uh, if you record your voice memo on your iPhone and then you sync it to your computer too, uh, it saves on your computer as well. So like you can do it either way or both ways. And but you can just send it from from voice memos on your iOS device. So yeah, great tips, Ryan. I appreciate that. And thank you for the plug on Patreon. And I appreciate your support greatly on Patreon. Thank you so much. For being there. He's got another, he's another voicemail over too. This is great. This is a lot of fun, folks. I've really enjoyed chatting with you all. Please keep them coming. I I would love to chat, love to talk about stuff. This is really, really great. All right, Ryan, here's your second one. Hey, Jason, it's Ryan again. Two messages in a row. I think I'm giving the maniac a run for his money. Uh Uh-oh. What's up, Cameron? (laughs) I'm recording outside on my Zoom recorder today. Uh, There's a reason for that. I've Got an idea for the podcast. That sounds nice. Uh, what if this summer you did an outdoor show and uh, had kind of an emphasis on summer game memories? And it wouldn't even necessarily need to be video games. Just uh, 
maybe activities that uh, you had or that uh, listeners had with their families outside, um, lawn games, summer sports. Um, mm. But uh, one thing I remembered was when I was taking a summer class in college, after the class I would uh, sit under a tree on campus and play Mario Tennis on my Game Boy Color. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but I'm sure people have a lot of uh, outdoor memories that are associated with games or activities. Um, I think an episode outside the summer would be a lot of fun and be kind of a cool change of scenery. Um, I agree. But just kind of to set an image for everyone, um, maybe outside with uh, their neon green water bottle and a hypercolor shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, playing lawn darts or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just an idea I had while I was out with my daughter on a walk and thought it would be a lot of fun. Take it easy. Bye for now. Lawn darts. <laughs> that, that's something that, uh, well, I don't, I don't think it's banned now, is it? Maybe it is. My grandparents actually had a set from the 50s. Uh, my uncle still has it over there uh, in North Portland. And man, let me just tell you, those lawn darts are metal. Like you throw them up and they come down and they stick into the ground. Like they, they outlawed those, they banned those. But back in the day, man, I don't know. They, they didn't think about that. And that are, and kids were smart and not trying to throw them at each other, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great suggestion, Ryan, to be out in the summer. It's a little hot here in the summer uh, in Arizona, but I think definitely that's something that I would like to work out. Um, you know, I do, uh, on, well, I haven't done it recently because I'm not driving a lot, but I'm just starting to now. Uh, the Patreon car vlogs where I just, I vlog while I'm driving home, um, that type of a thing. But I could do, I could do a podcast episode and just be outside and talk about that gaming summer memories. I have a lot of summer memories. In fact, I used to ride bikes and build forts. I mean, I grew up in the Northwest, so there's a lot of, a lot of great memories. I know you, you grew up there as well. So you, you understand, but I think that'd be great for all of us to like share and talk about that. In fact, this, this is just happy, perfect timing. Um, I didn't get this because of what you said there, but this was something I wanted to to look at and invest in. I got this here. This is the Sennheiser memory mic. I don't know if you can see it there with the glare. Yeah, this is the memory mic. Uh, this is something that you clip on to your shirt. I know it's kind of big and obnoxious and, and annoying. And I think that that was the number one complaint. People said, they're like, why don't you make it a, any different color? Can we, can we get beige and black and something else? But uh, the V2, I'm sure, will be. But uh, it went on sale, and so I picked this up. And this you clip on, and it connects via Bluetooth to your smartphone, and you can click record. I think it has an app. But the beauty of this is that it's, in a way, it's standalone. So once you sync it to your phone via Bluetooth, it understands where it's at and what's being recorded. And you can walk away from your phone. And if you go out of range, and even if it disconnects from your phone, it still records the audio internally. And then when you come back into range, it syncs up on its own. It analyzes the audio and it places it in line in sync. Or you could sync it up in post after. That's totally fine too, but it does it automatically. This is great for people who uh, have like DSLRs and they want to get good audio and don't want to have a, a shotgun mic or they don't want to have a boom mic there. Yeah, again, like I said, it's kind of annoying to like wear this big white clip on your shirt, but... It record, it's Sennheiser, records great, clean audio. And I think this would be a perfect candidate for doing an outdoor podcast. And I'm going to attempt to do it with this memory mic. And so we'll see what happens. 
Um, I'll probably just use my my iPhone to record footage, and we'll go from there. It, you know, no frills, no crazy high production. I'm gonna just hit play and uh, hit record and do that. So it's gonna be great. No dropouts. Innovative one touch audio video sync. Yeah, this is cool. Wireless technology it says here. Welcome to the 21st century. 503-908-5490 is the phone number, folks. Thank you to everyone who called up. My goodness, it was great. I love chatting with you all. You guys and gals are amazing. Thank you for the call. Uh, of course, honeyhouse.com is the website. Shout out to all of the patrons right here. As always, ground floor, main floor, and everyone hanging out in the game loft tier. Brandon, George, Aaron, Luke, and Justin. Appreciate you all so very much. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a wrap. About an hour and 20 minutes or so. How about that? Catch the podcast outside. <laughs> Catch it outside. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for being here, and I hope you have a great, great week. Have fun playing games, listen to some good music. Enjoy the weather. See ya.